welcome to the Diet Detox Podcast. I'm your host, Margaret Berry, a functional nutritional therapy practitioner, master TTAP trainer, and mother of two. I'm joined by my co-host, Victoria Wilkes, a fellow intuitive eater, passionate TTAPper, and mother of two. Each week, we want to empower you with new information about the way our bodies and minds work together to bring us into balance when we are well-nourished and well-fed. Victoria and I are not only good friends, but we are also lucky enough to be sisters-in-law. So join us as we discuss topics such as body image, intuitive eating, women's health, pregnancy and postpartum nutrition, the science behind nutrition and exercise, and so much more. Remember our disclaimer, the materials and content within this podcast are intended as general information only and are not to be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Now let's get to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Diet Detox Podcast. I'm your host, Margaret Berry, here with Victoria Wilkes. Hey, how are you? Hey, doing really well. Got my knitting, got my tea. Nice. Talk about food and anti-diet stuff and body image and all the rest. (laughs) All the good stuff. Yes. Yeah, I think we're, uh, I was thinking the other day that um, our podcast is kind of a niche because there's plenty of people out there talking about nutrition. It's kind of a dime a dozen, like really, you know, it's it's just a dime a dozen. So I think it's, I don't know, we have a, it's a different perspective. uh, We're the weirdos. We're We're the weirdos weirdos that you will want. Yeah. And that's when I, sometimes I'm like, well, people will get it one day. If they don't get it right now, one day they'll be like, oh, which is kind of how I was. If someone had recommended a podcast called the the diet detox podcast to me back in the day I would be like are you kidding me I'm not I'm not I'm not participating I need to make sure that I'm not eating at this time I don't want to listen to food when I'm not supposed to be you know on my my intermittent fasting window or whatever like really I I used to be that person so it's kind of funny it would have been like oh I don't diet I just watch what I eat so I don't need that I don't diet I I don't have any problems with food what are you talking about oh that would have been me Oh man. Okay. I was, uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. I had some problems. Uh, yep. but, uh, yeah. So let's, let's start out with our segment where we talk about what we've been eating. That's been good. So what have you been eating? Um, so it's not, it's not a paid promotion or anything, but I've been really enjoying the, I think it's called native forest, simple coconut milk. Oh yeah. Full fat and it is so versatile. I can use it in smoothies. I use it in my coffee every morning because I was drinking so delicious. It was Lady Califia, I think, as the brand of uh, oh yeah yeah coconut milk that tasted so good. It was the only milk dairy free milk that I like to drink in a glass. It was so refreshing, mm-hmm. and I started getting sick whenever I would drink it. So I switched brands and I kept getting sick. And I I must be sensitive to one of the gums oh, i don't know which yeah one. yep the guar or the whatever the other one gel and gum or whatever it is i don't even know which one it was but i know that whenever i started uh whenever i switched to the canned coconut milk by the way it has a lot more fat which is great mm-hmm. and i'm really good at and it keeps you full longer and all that um so i switched to the to the native forest simple because it didn't have any gums and Man, I love it. I go through like two or three cans a week because I keep using it in recipes. Oh yeah, and in coffee and in smoothies. So that's that's my food I've been enjoying. Very nice. What about you? Yeah. Well, I um, 
I have been making a lot of snacky type things recently when I have a minute. <laughs> and Victoria, so I was over at her house a couple weeks ago and she gave me one of these little, it looked like a brownie bite type of thing, like a brownie batter rolled into a wall kind of. <laughs> and she gave one to me and I was like, I need the recipe for this. So I took a picture of her recipe for it and I was, I've been making it and they're basically like little brownie bite balls. So, uh, Good. And I have, I posted the recipe on Instagram a bit ago, but it's basically, I think it has peanut butter as the base and you've got some almond flour and cocoa powder and chocolate chips and, um, you know, a sweetener like maple syrup or something to go in there. And then you roll it into little balls and, oh, it's so good. I, they're amazing, especially for nursing. Like I remember I I first discovered that recipe back when Eleanor, my three-year-old was, eight or nine months old, whenever I was first really getting into eating more. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, how can I, how can I eat more? Like what? And so I was trying to find like really nutrient dense, calorie dense, awesome mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. And that became one that I made constantly. Like I always had those in the freezer. So good. I mean, I'm going to make some tomorrow now that we're talking about this. Yeah, this is- I need to as well. I've got peanut butter that I, I found a jar of peanut butter that I didn't know that I had. So that's always a nice <laughs> surprise. We're like, oh, good. More, more food. <laughs> uh, okay, so we're doing another episode. This is part two of our Q&A. So if your question didn't get answered last week, it's going to get answered this week. So we're going to start out and we'll just read, read the question and then we will just discuss. So yeah. our first question comes from Caroline and she says she would like to know thoughts about body image and how to handle diet triggers. And this is a good question. A lot of stuff here. We both have experience with this, of course, yes. obviously. <laughs> Ask a woman. Is there any woman that does not have had an issue with her body image? I don't, I don't think so. I think we all. Let us all go find that woman and learn from her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, you know, at some point in your life, you're going to have. Right. You're going to have it. Some people have it more than others. It depends on your upbringing. It depends on how forcefully those messages were told to you as a child it depends on if you died it as a child it depends on mm-hmm. what what your family and friends relationship with food was it depends on so many things and so I'll just be honest that I like I've said in the in our stories episode mm-hmm. our very first episode where yeah. I told my story I can't really remember a time maybe I mean I can remember back to like two three or four I don't think I had any issues with food then but my issues started pretty like I remember being anxious about food because I was afraid of getting fat mm. very soon like mm-hmm. I don't remember six years old seven years old so you have to be patient with yourself Caroline like if you like especially if you've dealt with this for a long time or if you had like a really severe eating disorder or something I never had any kind of clinical eating disorder. And I didn't even know I had a problem, but I had terrible body image, especially around puberty and teen years. Mm-hmm. And then right after I got married and became gluten-free and found TTAP and all good things, but they were, they were bad for my mental health at the time. Mm-hmm. So I realized I was getting so frustrated with myself last month because mm-hmm. I was feeling really badly with body image and I was really, and it was like, why am I being defeated by this again? Like I know better. I know all the science. I know the truth. This is so annoying to still be dealing with 
feeling like crap about myself mm-hmm. because my belly looks big in this shirt or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and then I remembered that I don't remember how old I was, maybe 10, like sobbing in my bed because I was so afraid of becoming fat. Like, mm. like as a, you know, I don't remember eight, nine, 10 years old. Yeah. And I just sat kind of there and thought about it. I was like, okay, number one, I've been dealing with this. I'm 27 years old. So like over 15 years, 17, 20 years, something like that. I've been having all these lies going through my head every day. So it takes a, a long, it takes a while to rewire your brain out of the lies. So be patient with yourself yeah. as you're, as you're trying to learn the truth about bodies and weight and body fat and size of people and the truth about diets and the truth about food, like keep, keep learning about it and don't feel like you've fallen off the wagon of body positivity or intuitive eating because you've had a really crappy day with your body image. Like it takes a while to retrain your brain, but make the effort. Like that's what I had to remind myself. Mm -hmm. Like it's understandable Yeah, that after 17 years of oh, I feel so fat. Oh, I hate my body. I'm so ugly, blah, blah. That it takes a while to get that out of your head and that it would be easy to slip back into it, but it's worth the effort to get out of it. So that's kind of my my thing of like, and oh, and I wanted to say too, that the memory of me crying at 10 years old was a, was a double-edged memory because it's like, okay, I have compassion for myself because I've been dealing with this for so many years. Yeah. But it's also, it, it kind of lit a fire under me to be like, 17 years is so much time wasted worrying about something so shallow yeah. as how I'm. And it just really made me realize like, do I really want to spend another day worrying about this when I've wasted over a decade of my life worrying about something like my yeah. body? Like, do I really want to spend another day or even minute worrying about something that defeated me. And was I happy back then? No. Was I happy during the times that I was believing all the lies? No. Mm -hmm. So don't don't let yourself be defeated by something like it's however much time it's defeated you. That's enough time. Don't give it, don't give it another minute, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, realizing that, you know, and also that you're not a bad person for still having the occasional or, you know, still it comes to you a lot issues with your body image. Like, okay, for example, so those of you who are following me on Instagram, you know, I do my little, you know, Tuesday T-tap stuff, like where I share tips and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I, I was filming one of them, I guess it was two weeks ago, one or two weeks ago. I usually film them in kind of a batch segment. And I was filming them and I was editing the video and I was like looking at a, you know, freeze frame of myself. And I was like, gosh, my stomach looks huge. Are they going to want to listen to me talking about fitness if my stomach looks like this and in this part of this workout? And I was like, and then, then my rational brain kind of was like, what are you talking about? These are also real people. You're not going to be talking to a bunch of you know, fitness models with a six pack. These are real people like you who, when they stand this way and they're not focusing right. on their core, their belly looks like a belly. Right. <laughs> so, you know, it's just, I, and you know what? And, and I thought, okay, what, what am I going to do? Like, this was an important segment. I couldn't just crop that part out 
it was where I was saying what we were getting ready to do. I couldn't crop it out. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to put it out there. And if someone wants to come after me for how I look in that and decide that they don't want to train with me, too bad. <laughs> I, I don't, it's okay. Like, I'm not going to be offended if you're like, oh, her stomach looks really bad right there or her belly's not perfectly flat. By the way, speaking of belly flatness, I don't know if uh, people knew this or not, but women's bellies, this is something I learned the other day. This is a note. If you struggle with, you know, the whole, oh my gosh, you know, we need to have a, a flat tummy type of deal. If you struggle with thinking about that, this is going to be interesting to you. So um, basically the uterus increases in size during puberty. So basically it goes from the, it, like a tube shaped thing to a pear shaped thing. And our lower abdomen basically holds your digestive and reproductive organs. It's, it isn't flat like a, you know, prepubescent girl. It, right. Basically, after puberty, you're going to have that little, that's why, like, if you look up Venus de Milo, she's got a lower belly pooch. Like, hello, right. it's a thing, you know? So I don't know. Diastasis aside and all of that jazz. Yes, you want to make sure that your core is activated properly so that your back cannot hurt. I'm just saying it's interesting, speaking of lower belly pooches, that right. it actually is because we've got a uterus in there that is, uh, you know, sizable. It's not like men don't, obviously men don't have a uterus. So, um, <laughs> yeah, anyway. Well, and, and those kind of things, they're not just interesting tidbits. That's the truth. Yeah. That is the truth about the way our bodies are made. Yep. And those kind of, the, those kind of truths can be really helpful whenever you're struggling yeah. with bad body image or you're tempted to go back to dieting or whatever, remind yourself of truth. Yep. Remind yourself of biology. Remind yes. yourself that 98% of diets fail. Remind yep. yourself. And that's a, that's a study. Eating. That's a study yes. that they did. It's 98%. Several studies. There's, oh yeah, there's more than one. But we, there, there's studies um, that have shown that. And, and it's, and after, I think it was in the study, it was after a number of years, everybody had gained back. Yes. Like their, their weight. Yes. And there's a very small percentage that are able to maintain it, but it, everybody gets it back. Like, and I, is it worth it? Is it worth it? And that's kind of what I came back to as well for myself when I'm having a bad time. Cause I do, I will, I will have days where I'm like, wow, I look horrible in this shirt or these <laughs> pants really buttoned the other day and they're really not buttoning. And I, is it because I put them in the washer and put them in the dryer? I don't know. You know, and you just start going, ah. and, and, and I will remember what my life was like when I was completely obsessed with what I looked like and what I was eating and all of that. And I think back yeah. to that and I think, do I want to go back there? Do I want to waste, right. like you were saying, do I want to waste more time going back there? And it is so hard because, you know, whether it's hormones or if you've just had a baby, like honestly, when you've just had a baby, it's really hard because you're trying to take care of your little baby who you love very much and your other children, if you have them and your husband and anything else you're trying to do, you know, the laundry, for example, right. and you're trying to get enough sleep. And then you have these people coming in who are sending you messages for, please try this diet tea that will make your belly flat. And it's just insulting. Like it's just right. too, uh, and the culture, especially for postpartum women is just, Oh, it's just, it's rough. Like everybody thinks yeah. that you should be able to, Step back. And here's another interesting thing that I learned because I'm doing a corrective exercise course. Okay. Postpartum. This should be encouraging for people. If you are postpartum or you know someone who is, you can tell them this. Basically, there are people out there who have a perfectly flat tummy 
and their core and their pelvic floor can be completely not functioning optimally. You can have a lady who, you know, she's, she doesn't have a perfectly flat belly, but her core is activating well and her pelvic floor is doing what it's supposed to do just because flat belly Flat belly right. does not necessarily, and I'm, I'm talking about belly because that's all, as ladies, that's, let's face it, that's where we're all usually like, oh. mm-hmm. um, so if, if you really think about it, it's just, it doesn't really, you know, a lot of times doesn't they correlate. It cor- people like, think, oh, flat tummy, you must have perfect ab stuff and whatnot. No, like there's people out there and even the girl who's leading the class, she said, you know, I've worked with women who have almost have like, you know, perfectly flat belly and they have horrible trouble with their pelvic floor and their abs are not activating correctly, but they've got a flat belly. And so right. they would come to her and she said, it took me a minute. Cause I'd be like, wait, why are you here? You like, you're telling me, you know, she would look at them and go, Oh, okay. And then she realized, Oh, it's not what you look like. Right. <laughs> Cause it's right. not, it's, it's the, it, you know, it's the function. And if you are the person who does not have a perfectly flat belly and you're still struggling, you're struggling with a diastasis or a prolapse or whatnot and all that stuff. Cause as I was talking with Victoria the other day, you don't know pelvic floor things are a thing until they are a thing. You know what I'm right. saying? Like you don't even <laughs> take for granted. You just kind of were like, well, that's how it feels. And then, you know, you, your second baby, that's what we were both saying. It must be a second baby thing. Cause we didn't notice any kind of like pelvic floor tightness or anything like that. We didn't even know that. I didn't know that no. until second baby. And, <laughs> Something about that second baby. But anyway, back to what I was saying, really, it's, it's, you know, just be kind to yourself and don't be so hard on yourself to be like, everything has to be perfect because, you know, it really doesn't have to be because I read a quote the other day. um, It's from Chrissy King. She's an online, I think I sent this to Victoria too. It was this nice little quote where she said, if basically, if you, if you place your worth on what your body looks like, you're going to be on a never ending roller coaster of obsession and then you know obsession and then oh I've arrived and then I'm I'm not there and oh no I I gained a little bit of weight here it's just gonna be a constant roller coaster just don't all of it's placed there just don't just just refuse because that's I'll get I know how it is to be triggered either by um a tv show or a family member or a comment or or family 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 can be really hard some of the people in my very extended family like some of the things that they said to me were very real part of why I had so much problems and I took it to heart. And and I'm not saying that it's their fault. I'm saying that I took what they said and I ran with it. So, and that, yeah. Yeah. So she she was asking about body image and diet triggers. And that can be a big thing, especially if somebody's like looking at you and saying, you need to look different or you need to go on a diet. Just, just remind yourself of truth and just don't, don't fall for it because we've yeah. all fallen for it. And that's why we're here talking about this is because it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't make you happy. It doesn't work. So just don't, don't fall for it. Yeah. Don't do it again. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And if you're, if you're a Christian, of course, um, what really helped me and still helps me is I remember who I am in Christ. I remember my identity is not yes. in what I look like or in what people think of me online or how many people I have following me or whether, you know, I'm the best possible mom or, you know, not my identity is not necessarily in those things. It's in right. Christ. And of course that doesn't change. So everything yes. else could change, but that doesn't change. And that kind of that we would all like some stability in our lives. And I think that that's something that really helps me is remembering, okay, I have to kind of stop myself and be like, okay, where like is my identity in this no it's not like my identity is in christ and i don't have to um 
I just, I don't have to bow to all of these external pressures. And I know that it's not like God's not going to like me anymore if I'm, you know, don't have a perfect stomach or in the perfect health or, you know, fill in the blank. (laughs) That doesn't change. That doesn't change how he views me, which is very nice. But of course it's hard to, it's, I know in, in the moment, it's very difficult to, uh, believe that because there's so much pressure externally that you have to look a certain way and talk a certain way and yeah, perform a certain way. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I hope that was helpful. We're going to move on to our next question, which comes from Brittany. And she says, any suggestions on nutrition or exercise after recovering from a miscarriage? So I got this question and I immediately sent Brittany a message because I was just wanted to tell her we're so sorry for your loss. I know I had been talking to Brittany about um, some TTAP stuff before she had messaged me about this. So yeah, we just want to say we're very sorry for your loss. And Mm -hmm. we both were talking about this. And you know what's interesting? So we both, honestly, we both didn't feel like we're qualified to answer because we both not haven't had a miscarriage. Right. But we did actually the other day, we were thinking about this question and separately, separately. Okay. We were thinking about this question separately. And, you know, I told Victoria told me, Hey, I was thinking, and I was thinking about this. And she said, I was thinking about breathing. What did you say? Breathing slash. I, I was actually, cause we, we got these questions earlier this week and I was thinking in the middle of the night about some of the different questions and feeling really unqualified to even speak into this one, because I, I, you know, have a lot of sympathy for Brittany and I'm like, well, I, I've never experienced this. So who am I to, to weigh in on it. And the first thing that kind of came to my mind was meditation or deep breathing. And I found it fascinating that that was your response to Margaret. Yeah, it was exactly the first thing I thought was yeah. Deep breathing and yeah, just trying to relax and ground, like grounding type of things. Mm-hmm. Just that's what I thought. And I actually, have heard that that can be really helpful because a lot of times there's grief there because a lot of people, some people will be like, Oh, well, if it's, it's early, it doesn't count or whatever. And it's, that's just not true. It was your baby, you know, it was your baby. So there's, there's grief there. And if you have time, please take time, do some breathing and do some, some relaxation type of things. And the more I've learned about um, how our body perceives trauma uh, and our body responds to trauma, breathing and really taking time to relax and breathe. It actually helps us turn on our parasympathetic nervous system, which is our rest and relax and calm mode. And then mm-hmm. when we uh, tend to do shallow breathing, it turns on our sympathetic nervous system, which is kind of the fight or flight. Mm-hmm. So um, really just breathing and Um, there's a lot of different places online that you can, that you can find that, but just sitting, putting your hand on your belly and your hand on your chest and really tuning into your breathing. And then you can put your hands on, I'm only saying this because I just learned this in my class and I've been doing it. It's been helping me just during my day, but you put your hands on your rib cage and you think about your, your rib cage pushing into your hands as you breathe to really draw your breath down into your diaphragm. And that just can help you just have some relaxation as well. And as far as nutrition, yes, you'll definitely, if you're taking a prenatal vitamin, definitely please keep taking that. That's going to be beneficial for you regardless for um, just your nutrient stores and all of that. I will, um, I think 
one of my favorite prenatals that I use that I've recommended to people is from Seeking Health. One thing I like about them is that they have a uh, smoothie, one that you can put in, it's like a a powder that you can put in a smoothie. So if you don't like swallowing pills, sometimes that can be, because sometimes when, and this is just from speaking with my experience with other women, sometimes when you have a miscarriage, you still have those hormones. You still Mm -hmm. have the nausea and you can still, and from talking to women, you can still have those hormones in there. So it still feels like you're pregnant, but you're not. And it's this grief of, I'm still feeling like I'm pregnant, but I'm not anymore. And it's just dealing with that. And sometimes you can have trouble getting in enough nutrition. And if you're, if you're grieving, you don't, you know, we always say on the show, eat a lot, eat a lot. Well, if you're grieving, your appetite's going to go down and it's okay. And you don't need to worry about. Or even like, don't like basically my, yeah, that was one of my notes is like eat well, but that doesn't mean like make sure you're eating perfect perfectly eating and that you're force feeding yourself. Like if eating well means eating, eating, whatever mm-hmm. makes you feel good right now, emotionally and physically. And, yes. and yeah, just nourishing yourself in whatever way you can and reducing stress by, you know, deep breathing by eating well, as far as exercise that she asked about, I mean, honestly, meditation and deep breathing was my first thought. And then my second mm-hmm. thought was maybe something really gentle, like yoga or, um, like some of the, the, the more gentle floor workouts Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. anything, anything that's going to help your body relax and kind of come back into balance and help your hormones come back into balance and Mm -hmm. your emotions come back into balance and all of that. Yes. Yeah. That's relaxing. Um, stuff like that and stretching, there's, there's some stretching things. I mean, you can find them anywhere, but if you just, you know, search on YouTube, um, relaxing fascia stretches, there should be some really gentle stuff on there as well. Cause mm-hmm. sometimes just stretching and moving just a little bit can really, can really help. So, yeah. Yeah. So I hope that was helpful. Like I said, we were both kind of like, well, we have an experience, but we still want to encourage you. So yeah. And, and just kind of general, I guess, general advice of anybody who's gone through something tough physically and emotionally, the biggest thing would be to reduce stress in whatever way you can. And Mm -hmm. then, and you know, you'll, if you feel like doing a, you know, bigger workout or eating a bigger meal or whatever, like follow that, follow your intuition of if your body's asking for more food Mm -hmm. or for more exercise, whatever, um, kind of just go with your intuition, I would Mm -hmm. say, for and let that guide you for getting back into, into, uh, your normal routine. Yep. Cause your body will let you know if it needs more, (laughs) if it needs more food, it will let you know. So, okay. Our next question is from Anna and she says, hello, you two. It's difficult for me to find the right satiation point or find food that keeps me satiated. This is a good question. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I know for me, I had a lot of trouble or I still sometimes do finding that right point of satiation so that then I'm not, you know, hungry five minutes later. Cause I I do like to have a little bit of space between my meals, even though I will eat whenever it's still nice to have a little space. And, um, I actually would say one thing you can try is you can try tweaking around because, you know, most of our meals in general, 
people's meals are made up of fat, proteins, and carbs. You can try to tweak those ratios a little bit because I find when I work with people on their nutrition, some people do really well with having a little bit more fat. So for example, they're eating, um, they're eating dinner. They might need the extra butter <laughs> on their, mm-hmm. on their um, potato. And they might also need um, some other fats, you know, in whatever else they're eating to help them have that staying power. So sometimes right. people um, need to have a little bit of extra fats and other people do better with more carbs and other people do well with more protein. So finding mm-hmm. that balance, I will say that of those macronutrients, the protein and the fat tend to be the more satiating. So they have the more staying power. And I also find that in, for example, let's say you're having a snack and, or, or something before dinner at a restaurant and you're having tortilla chips and salsa. So that, if you just ate that, it would have less staying power than something like tortilla chips and guacamole. Because when you combine the carb and the fat, that actually helps the carb into your bloodstream a little bit slower. So you get a bit more of a time release, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. So -hmm. you can kind of combine that um, and that will oftentimes help. And something else I was going to say about this is that if you're, sometimes your appetite, of course, it can go up and down. You can have times where you're going to need more and times where you're going to need less. And so just rolling with it and, you know, being okay if you do need to snack. Because some of us, I'm honestly convinced that some of us are just snackers. We just need to yeah. have a snack. And there's there's a big bunch of, you know, oh, don't snack. It's bad for your blood sugar and whatnot. And, you know, yes, well, maybe it is depending on the person and depending on what you are actually eating on every single snack all day, but it really, um, is very bio-individual. And I think that it's something that you can play around with and see if snacking, you know, having your breakfast, lunch, and dinner and two snacks or three snacks. Sometimes people need that. Yeah. And sometimes I want little things like as far as I I didn't know what she means about having trouble kind of finding that satiation point. Gosh, it's hard to say. Yeah. Um, finding that point. Cause you can, you can kind of get obsessive about, well, am I full or am I overstuffed? Like, did I overeat yes. or is this fullness? And I would say, just try not to stress about it. My kind of go-to thing like this evening, I had a big old bowl of, uh, dinner and then I was fixing a peanut butter cracker for my daughter. Cause she was hungry after. And I was like, I had this moment of like, I kind of want this peanut butter cracker but I, I just had a bunch of dinner. Am I really full? Am I not? And I was like, who mm-hmm. cares? And I ate the cracker and it was good. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Don't spend a bunch of time wondering, am I really full right now? Is this overeating? If I eat this, will it be too much? Like just, you know, my, my kind of go-to is if I'm still wondering, I'm probably not quite full yet. Yeah. Cause whenever you're really full, you're like, you know, think about after Thanksgiving dinner and you're just like, Oh, I'm so full. That was wonderful. Right. And somebody offers you like a full English breakfast. Would you even be tempted? No, because you're full. Like you don't really care about food so much once you're full. And so for me, if I'm still kind of wondering about snacking or whatever, I'll just go get a snack because right. it doesn't like, what's it going to hurt? Right. What's it going to hurt to go right. eat a peanut butter cracker and then be like, Oh yeah, now I'm full. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. Because, you know, it, it it can be stressful to really microanalyze and be like, oh, am I spending, you know, I, am I actually, am I actually full or am I actually not quite full? So, yeah, just, just 
sometimes it's like when in doubt, eat a little something. I know that's not your common nutritionist advice, but to be honest, I do see a lot of people who they will tend to overanalyze it. And then they're by overanalyzing it, they tend to not actually eat when they need to be. So trying. Yeah. Yeah. So a combination of those things might be helpful. Worth mentioning, I don't know anything about Anna's history at all with food because um, I don't know you, but if you have any kind of history of dieting or disordered eating or obsession with food or any of that kind of stuff, sometimes people who have just bottomless pit hunger and they can't get full, it's because they need to recover from uh, the eating disorder or or dieting or whatever. And there's a really great YouTube channel um, called damn the diets that I'll link to in the show notes yes, yes. that is, they have, she has tons of videos on yes. fullness and, and bloating and what do you do when you can't get full? And so if that's something that might apply to you, maybe it doesn't apply to you at all, but for someone that's else listening. That, yeah. It right, stuff but, is so good. And she's, it, I, I always like referencing people that are talking about this, that are not us. <laughs> because it's not like we're some weird freaks like this is actually a thing this is actually a right. thing and people are finding freedom with it and helping you know their quality of life and their stress right. levels which I'm like I said I'm going to do a whole episode on cortisol and stress and how stressing out about your food really guys I, I'm not I'm not kidding the stress which is cortisol released when you're stressing out that is worse for you than, you know, deciding to eat popcorn with your family at the movie theater once every two months, you know? Right. So I don't know. It's just, yeah. But, but yeah, just I love, don't stress about it. I love Kayla's channel. She's got a lot of, um, a lot of good stuff. I think she has an Instagram too. Yeah. Um, but yeah. She does, yeah. She's got a lot of good information on that because, yeah, it's, it's just a very, it's, it's, it's funny to try to figure it out yourself because it's like, what happens when you take the rules away? What do you, how do you, how do you know what you're you know what to do? I know, I know the feeling. It's kind of like, well, how does this, how is this supposed to work? So yeah, yeah it can be a process for sure. Yeah. If you don't have like a guideline or a coach or a parent or somebody telling you, okay, you've had enough, stop eating. Like whenever it's you. Mm-hmm. It, you really have to learn. Like we were saying, um, in the, in the last listener, uh, question answer, intuitive eating is something we are all born with, but we have to learn, relearn often how to do it. And that includes learning what it means to be hungry. Well, we usually don't have any problem with that if we've had problems with food, but learning what it means to be full is just part of the process. So right. you'll get there. You'll yeah, get you there. Will. You'll figure it out. And that's the cool thing is that you can figure it out and you know, no one knows your body like you do. Right. So yeah. Then you get to, you get to enjoy that freedom. So yeah. Well, do you have anything else? No, I really enjoyed the listener questions. That was yeah, me too. This is really fun. So if anybody has any additional questions that you want us to address, feel free, send us an email or a message and we'll do another one of these. So yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening, y'all. And we will talk to you guys next time. Thanks. Bye. Bye. For more great content, check us out on Instagram. 
We're at instagram.com forward slash diet detox. We'll see you next time. Thank you.